Kentucky basketball has been waiting for this for seven games now. Aaron Bradshaw looks ready to begin his contributions to Big Blue Nation. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. You can go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. That is Prize Picks. Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, we are going to be discussing more Aaron Bradshaw. It looks like he is going to be returning this Saturday or next Saturday. One of these two games going to talk about when we think he's going to come back and what obviously it means for Kentucky. Huge, huge news that he is actually going to be available and ready to play after some people thought that he would not be able to. Uh, at any point this season. So thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. I have a favor to ask of you guys. I mentioned this on yesterday's episode. Uh, Some of you commented, I really appreciate the support from all you guys in the comments uh, about this. I am going to be away next week from the podcast because I am having a major surgery. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to try and record some episodes for you guys and discuss what you want me to discuss. So I would encourage you, whether you're listening on podcast or watching on YouTube, leave me a question, as many questions as you want in the YouTube comments below. If you have a topic that you would like me to to discuss with Kentucky football or basketball, you can absolutely do that as well. Whatever your thoughts are, with a player, with the team, with the schedule, with a game, let me know in the comments below. I'd really appreciate it. As many questions as you want to give, I will answer them all next week. So let's go ahead and dive into it. Aaron Bradshaw officially ready to go for Kentucky basketball, practicing, fully practicing. His debut is imminent. He has uh, been playing pretty well in practice, it sounds like, and then we got to see before the Miami game, went through a full entire pregame workout before the, uh, the the Wildcats blew out the Hurricanes last night. He looked really good, knocking down shots in the mid-range, knocking down three-pointers, just the jumper looks smooth. Would love to see him in a full-game setting. According to Coach Cal, and he said this uh, following the win over Miami, he was asked about Bradshaw. He said, I'm hoping he plays Saturday. If he doesn't, he will play the next Saturday. You look at Kentucky's upcoming schedule. They've got two games before they head to Atlanta to play North Carolina. UNC Wilmington are at home here December 2nd, this Saturday, and then next week against Penn, semi-away, where that one is going to be. It's going to be in Philadelphia in the Wells Fargo Center. So Kentucky's got two games against, I I, I hate to say it, but less, uh, less difficult competition, at least on paper, over these next uh, this next week or uh, week plus, where they can insert Aaron Bradshaw at any point into that lineup and expect things not to be catastrophic if he does not play well, which we will talk about expectations for Aaron Bradshaw in a little bit. But I believe, and I've I don't have any I don't have a source on this other than just talking to a couple of different people about how they feel about it, people that are closer to the program than I am, different writers and such. 
They believe he's going to be able to take the court this Saturday. Looked really good in the pregame against Miami. You get a week of practice underneath your belt. You're playing UNC Wilmington, who I said in the preseason, hey, this is not a bad basketball team. They were not a bad basketball team a season ago. They actually were a really good basketball team two seasons ago. This is not a. This is not something that you can just sit here and, and take for granted. Like, oh, it's whatever. It's just a no-name, non-conference opponent that Kentucky, according to Ken Palm right now, if you go and look at Ken Palm, they are favored to win by 20 in this contest, 94%. So on paper, we can talk about these different things. We can talk about respecting the opponent. But the point being here, you're not going to have any sort of issue this weekend if you put Aaron Bradshaw in. If he's fully practicing and he's getting things down, and it's going to take time to really get comfortable. But this is a perfect opportunity to try and get your guy comfortable. Do you put him out here this weekend and then let him run? That's the second question that we need to ask. Okay, Aaron Bradshaw, ready to go. Awesome. What does his role look like for Kentucky basketball? Not from an execution perspective of, okay, what do his touches look like? What does his defense look like? How does he fit in what does his role look like from a minutes perspective because you go and look at Kentucky right now talked about this previewing and recapping the Miami game they don't have a lot of contributions coming off the bench outside of Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard and thank goodness they have been so good with those two guys on the court so far this season insanely efficient have those two guards been but you need some more depth coming off the bench and I think this is Moving along to, you know, what is Bradshaw going to do as far as a minutes uh, minutes perspective? I, I don't know what the number is. I don't know what the number in Cal's mind is. I don't know if he has one. I don't know if he wants to kind of put him out there to see what he does and then kind of base how he keeps him or doesn't keep him in the game off of that. But what I can tell you is this. Kentucky needs it. Kentucky needs a better presence on the defensive end. Oh, regardless of how we feel about how many minutes Bradshaw should or shouldn't get, Uh, This coaching staff obviously has a much better idea than us because they've been interacting with him, they've been coaching him, they've been practicing him over these past few weeks. You need a better presence on the defensive end. Coach Cal knows that. The rest of the staff knows it. When asked multiple different times throughout the preseason, throughout the beginning of the season here, Coach Cal has said, "We we really need a big. We need somebody down there. We need somebody that can go and get us a block or two against shots that have not been blocked so far for us this season. And then I would take it a step further, and I don't know if he's di- taken a dive into this yet. Kentucky has to be better rebounding the basketball, offensively and defensively. They are currently towards the bottom of the country in offensive rebound percentage on offense. They don't get a lot of second-chance points. Somehow, still, Kentucky still got one of the best offenses in the nation. We'll talk about that later on the show. But looking at Bradshaw, seven foot one. Potentially going to bring you versatility on both ends. You have to be able to get yourself as a fan excited about the prospect of that. But I think the nitty-gritty things that I don't think a lot of people are thinking about, unless it's like a glaring weakness statistically for Kentucky, those are going to be the things that I think Aaron Bradshaw, to start his Kentucky career, is going to be really good at. That's just my guess. That is speculation. Because what I don't think is going to happen is I don't think he's going to come in and be elite like the rest of these freshmen have been statistically. So he's going to be, I've got my notes here, he's going to be another good component of a really good offense. I think he is going to be a good piece. I'm not saying he's going to be bad statistically. 
I'm saying as fans and as this staff, I certainly, I think, understands bringing this kid back from injury, from surgery, you're not always going to have perfect moments. The fact that you can look at this Kentucky roster right now and see that a player is averaging 19, two others are averaging 15, two others are averaging 13 and 12, and another one is averaging 10, and their shooting splits are absolutely insane, minus Justin Edwards and DJ Wagner's three-point shooting percentage. Everybody's shooting insane. Shepard's shooting 63%. Uh, Trey Mitchell is shooting 36% from beyond the arc. Rob Dillingham is shooting 53 freaking percent. Antonio Reeves, 44% clean. There are some really, really good shooters on this roster, but you look at Dillingham, look at Shepard, look at Edwards. Those guys have been going off for Kentucky efficiency-wise. It's not always going to be perfect for these freshmen. I think Wagner and Justin Edwards are examples of that. Two very, very, very talented players in their own right just have not had the hottest start to the year. I don't think Aaron Bradshaw is going to join Shepard in Dillingham and their statistical uh, st- statistical I- I- impressiveness. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the, the word I'm looking for. They've been really good from a numbers po- po- uh, perspective. They've been really, really good. Bradshaw, I don't think is going to be that at the beginning of his career because it's it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be sunshine, sunshine and rainbows. Now, I think the offense that he is going to find himself in is going to give him those opportunities. And so as the season progresses, I think he will slowly come alongside the rest of this team and be an elite three-point shooter, possibly from beyond the arc. A really, really good rebounder. A really, really good uh, points per game whenever you look at the numbers. I think he will really take a step forward as SEC play continues to go on. But as for now, against UNC Wilmington, he's. I think he's going to play this weekend. He's going to be a really good presence on the defensive end. It's the nitty-gritty stuff. It's the things you don't think about. It's the things about rotating defensively. It's the things about spacing on your offense that he's going to be able to provide you. It's the rebounding as well. It's contesting shots, not necessarily blocking them, but certainly contesting them. Aaron Bradshaw, I think, is going to be a, prove to be a very valuable piece to this team on both ends of the floor. Just don't be shocked if the numbers are not perfect to begin the year because Kentucky's got a couple other guys that are just going ballistic I don't know if Bradshaw, especially coming back from injury, is going to come out onto the court and look like a world beater game one. He may game two. I'm not so sure about game one. Let's just kind of hold, uh, let's break for a second. And if he does look great, then we can we can celebrate that after the fact. If you've got any thoughts on Aaron Bradshaw, what he's going to do for Kentucky, how they're going to look offensively and defensively, leave that in the YouTube comments below. I think he's going to play this weekend. What do you think? Give your opinion on that as well. I want to switch gears here to another front court player that currently deserves love. I think we've already given him attention so far uh, this season. I think we gave attention to him alongside of Duthiero. But Trey Mitchell needs to be discussed for what he's done for this team. And I want to take a look at, look at his numbers and identify the strength of his role, the value of his role, despite Kentucky bringing back Bradshaw this next game, I think, or next week, and then on Yenzo as well at some point in the future. Before I get into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Prize Picks. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. I talked about this, I believe, on yesterday's episode, or it might have been on Monday's episode, where I talked about how I had a lot of fun last week playing Prize Picks over the course of Thanksgiving. They had some really, really cool offers throughout Thanksgiving, and I picked more or less on a couple of different NFL games. Two to six player stat projections you can do as well on Prize Picks. Watch the winnings roll in. I did as well. Shout out to Dak Prescott for getting it done for me. They have quick withdrawals. Like I said, super easy gameplay. 
an enormous selection of players and stat types. It's what makes them the number one daily fantasy sports app. And with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across both football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you could have LeBron James at plus uh, at, at more or less on three pointers made. You could have Travis Kelsey at maybe uh, more or less on three or four receptions, and then Prize Picks can can give you the choice of going over ten and a half more or less on a combo of three pointers made and receptions. You could do different things like that. For Kentucky basketball, you could also go more or less on maybe rebounds. This weekend for Aaron Bradshaw, they may have something like that. Uh, something for DJ Wagner over under. Uh, points here. You can do all sorts of different things at Prize Picks. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on college promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel already, please go ahead and do so. If you're listening on podcast, I would also really appreciate it if you subscribe there as well. Let's give Trey Mitchell a little bit of love here. Let's shout him out real quick for what he has been doing for Kentucky so far this season. So Kentucky, like I mentioned, has played seven games. Seven games. And over these past four, Trey Mitchell against Stonehill, 15 points on 77% shooting. Excuse me, against St. Joe's, 22 points on 46.7% shooting. Marshall, 18 points, 8 of 15 shooting. And then against Miami, he had 14 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 blocks, and uh, two blocks and a steal. Five of eight from the floor. 62.5% shooting. So far this year, he's averaging almost 15 points a game, 14.9 to be specific. Six rebounds, four assists, while shooting 57.1% from the floor and 36% from deep. That's your six foot nine, 230 pound senior from Pittsburgh right there. He has been awesome for Kentucky at that center position. He fits exactly what Kentucky wants to do offensively. He can pass. He can shoot. He can handle the basketball a little bit as well. You can see it in the numbers, and you can go and watch it in his game. I love the way Kentucky decides to get him touches at different points. It's him backing somebody down a little bit in the paint, fading away, getting some of those shots up, knocking him down at a pretty consistent rate, I believe. It's the different things he can do on the perimeter, handing the ball off, doing pick-and-roll stuff, running down the court, uh, being somebody that can not just handle the ball and then go and finish at the rim, but he's also somebody that can catch the ball in transition and then swing it. He's got that kind of ability to throw those different kinds of passes. I have loved what Trey Mitchell has brought to this team, and it is all in lieu of the fact that Kentucky doesn't have another option. They didn't have another choice stepping into this season. They didn't have somebody that they could go to outside of Trey Mitchell and say, we need you to perform. You have to be able to go out here and play well. Mitchell was the only answer. He has stepped up as a leader on this team. 
I think you can see that in the way that he plays, the way that he communicates. We've heard different stories about how he has stepped up and how he has grown over these past several seasons. You got to actually hear, I believe, on the broadcast on ESPN uh, last night, getting to hear about how he has developed and how going to all these different places as a transfer has allowed him to mature a little bit and it's kind of shown him how to become a leader. And he is definitely one of the leaders on this team. Love his attitude, love his personality, love the numbers. I'm so happy that that Kentucky was able to pick him up. This is all because, by the way, this is all because Bob Huggins uh, could not could not uh, could not maintain his position over at uh, over at West Virginia. If that doesn't happen, Kentucky may not have a center. They may be playing Jordan Burks. They may be playing the smallest lineup you've ever seen <laughs> Kentucky march out with in the Calipari area era. So props to Trey Mitchell for having a very good uh, preseason, both in the Global Jam and in those two exhibitions. And then props for the way that he has played so far over these past four games, especially, but at the throughout the beginning of the year, uh, he's really picked things up. He's been a great shooter. I uh, would like to see the foul line shooting improve just a little bit. Um, but averaging one and a half blocks at six foot nine while also getting some rebounds, dishing out the ball, shooting well, getting points, doing all these different things. Love what Trey Mitchell has been able to do for this program. And now with Aaron Bradshaw coming back, there is going to be pressure alleviated off of Trey Mitchell and the way that he has to operate on the court, has to operate on the court. And I think that that is a good thing for Kentucky to allow Trey Mitchell a little bit more freedom if you will, because you have another seven-footer that can do these different things that Kentucky needs him to do at the rim. Kentucky is going to be able to do things differently defensively. They are going to be able to rest Trey Mitchell a little bit better, which I think will be incredible. I think they are going to be able to score more efficiently at the rim with better second-chance point opportunities to be had as well. This is a great situation for the Wildcats, who just came off of a 22-point victory over a top-10 team. The sobering reality that could hit us is a loss to UNC Wilmington or just a really bad way, a really bad finish to this, non, this non-con slate. We don't know what's going to happen. Kentucky could lose out for the rest of the year. They could. They could win out. They could win the national title. They could never win another game, for all that we know. But on paper, the way things are trending, I think Kentucky basketball is in a great, great, great position to really make some noise, ramp things up as SEC play uh, gets closer and closer. Trey Mitchell is one of those guys that Kentucky is going to be very thankful that they have on roster that is able to kind of hold things down. Because even when Bradshaw does get here, it's still going to be the Trey Mitchell show. It's going to be Trey Mitchell and what he's doing for this team. So if you've got any thoughts on number four, for Big Blue Nation, if you've got any things you want to say about this front court rotation or how these different guys are playing, you can absolutely leave that in the YouTube comments below. All right, we're going to continue along here in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. Whether you are hiring for your small business or you are going to look around and see what there is to uh, what the uh, the job market has to offer for you, you can do all of that at LinkedIn Jobs to find the top tier candidates that you may want to take a look at. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team. And it's not just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, and it makes it the best place to hire. Like I mentioned, if you're just looking for different candidates that may be potentials, 
uh, potential uh, hires or you are actively seeking place uh, people to add to your team, uh, whether you're just casually looking to see what your field has to have for you or, uh, or whatever you may be looking for, LinkedIn is absolutely perfect for you because it makes the hiring process easy when you have all of these different quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate that they're looking for within 24 hours on LinkedIn because LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and they might not have the time or resources to hire. But thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy, and they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions. So it makes the process even quicker and easier. You need to go to linkedin.com slash college and post your job for free if you are looking to hire right now as a small business, as a large business, whatever you're looking for and you're looking to hire, linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. One more time, I really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I'm going to do something that we've done a few times now. Uh, some of you may like it. Some of you may not. I'm going to take a look at Kim Palm. There's nothing you can do to stop me. I'm going to take a look at this Kim Palm, and I'm going to talk about the numbers for Kentucky basketball. And you can sit here and enjoy it with me uh, because I think there are some very interesting things that are going on with analytically with what Kentucky's got going. So... First thing I want to mention, Ken Palm predicts the outcome of every single game. Once the season starts, there is a win or a loss and a projected result for every single game on every single team schedule. And Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken, was supposed to go like what, 21 and 10, 22 and 9 to start the year. Their projected record has now improved to 23 and 8, 12 and 6 in SEC play. And these next two games against UNC Wilmington and Penn, the Wildcats are projected to win. Their first loss of the season is actually supposed to come against North Carolina in Atlanta, 82 to 81. And a 49% chance is what Kim Palm gives the Wildcats in that contest. They then are supposed to lose to, according to Kim Palm, Florida to open SEC play, AM two games later on the road. And then they're not supposed to lose again until they play Auburn on the road and then Mississippi State and Tennessee late in the year. If that's the way things work out, I will absolutely take that because then you would be getting wins over teams like Arkansas. You'd be getting a win over Florida at home, Tennessee at home as well. You'd be getting a victory over Gonzaga. You'd be getting a win over Alabama uh, later in the year, which, by the way, by the way, uh, hey, you'd also be getting a, a two wins against Arkansas, both at home and on the road. By the way, um, Alabama losing to Clemson after I said, yeah, they've got the best offense in the country. There's no way they lose that game is hilarious. Love that. Thank you for putting the voodoo on on uh, on uh, on Alabama. Appreciate appreciate the uh, the voodoo that we got going on here over at Locked On Kentucky. But point being here for, for the Wildcats, 23 and 8, 12 and 6 in SEC play. That's where Ken Palm currently has the Cats. I think Kentucky beats North Carolina. I mean, I, that's just how I feel about it right now, but UNC is really good on both ends of the floor. Um, we'll, we'll get to that matchup when we get to it. Uh, close loss to Villanova. I think it's the most impressive game UNC has played this, so far this season. And then the Arkansas game was, was, was weird as well. But the Wildcats right now, look at their efficiency on offense. Third in the country in adjusted efficiency on offense. Fourth in effective field goal percentage. First in the nation in turnover, turnover percentage. First, fourth in the country in field goal or three-point percentage. 17th in the country in two-point percentage. 
12th in the or second in the nation in non-steal turnover percentage. They are also 94th in the country in block percentage, which is actually it, it says 94th out of 360 teams, so that's actually not that bad. Kentucky's not getting blocked a lot. They're okay from the line. They're great shooting um, from outside and inside the arc. They don't turn the ball over. They play very fast. This is a very fun team to watch. Defensively, 59th in the nation. It's not the best in the world. You would love to see that number start to go up closer to tournament time because of historical trends. But the effective field goal percentage for Kentucky is still top 130 on defense. They're top 85 nationally in turnover percentage. They are top 170 in three-point percentage now. They've kind of held opponents in check. They don't create a lot of non-steal turnovers. But, hey, Kentucky has not completely fallen apart on the defensive end. Um, The fact that teams still get so many points from beyond the arc, though, is a little bit uh, of an interesting thing there. Also, something very entertaining I want to point out, Miami went from 0% two-foul participation uh, through five games to their sixth game, forcing their two-foul participation up to 8.7%. So Kentucky forced Miami to play a lot of different kids with two fouls in the first half. Uh, Crazy what happens whenever you play a really good offensive team on the road in Rupp. You look at the way the SEC plays out right now, according to Kim Palm, Tennessee is the best team in the country at four, or best team in the SEC, excuse me, at four and two. Then you've got Kentucky as the second best team in the SEC, ranked number 13th nationally. Alabama is next at 15th, Auburn at 17th, A&M at 18th, State at 28th, Florida at 29th. Arkansas has dropped all the way to 49th after losing to North Carolina, Memphis, and UNC Greensboro to start the year. South Carolina, somehow 6-0, but not inside the top 60. You've got Missouri, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, and then Vandy to round things out. As it stands right now, Ole Miss and South Carolina are the only two unbeaten teams in the SEC, but you go and look at their strength of schedules. It's not particularly strong overall, 305th for Ole Miss, and then 267th for USC, not the USC Trojans, but the USC Gamecocks. So um, the the SEC, I think, has got some really, really good teams. They've got some quality depth, I think, in the conference this year. If Ole Miss is your, like, 12th best team, it's going to be a good year in the league, I think. And Kentucky being at the top of that, um, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, especially with Bradshaw and Onyenzo coming back uh, before the Wildcats can take on those challenges. So those are the, uh, the Kim Palm updates I wanted to share with you guys. Kentucky rising to number 13 in the Kimpom rankings. And right now, they're number 12 in the AP poll, but that is sure to go up. As long as they don't use to lose to uh, UNC Wilmington, that is sure to go up past this weekend. I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave that in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.